Welcome to the Next Level Influence Podcast. I'm Samantha Riley. And I'm Melanie Benson. And this is our weekly show for experts and business leaders who are influencing people's decisions to make a greater impact and shatter their revenue goals in the process. What got you here won't get you there. It's time to uncover the micro shifts required to take your income, influence, and impact to the next level. I'm Melanie Benson. And I'm Samantha Riley. And this is our weekly show for experts and business leaders who are influencing people's decisions to make a greater impact and shatter their revenue goals in the process. Welcome to the Next Level Influence Show. Now let's get started. Today, we're very excited about talking about recession proofing. Some of my inspiration for this episode today came from a recent Fortune magazine article where Elon Musk was quoted as saying that a recession is looming and that that might just be a good thing because it weeds out bad businesses, which really I found quite intriguing. And the other thing that was highlighted in this article, and I've been seeing a lot, is different predictions about how long this recession might last. And Elon's prediction is that this recession might just last until the spring of 2024. So we're in for a bit of a ride. And as any of us that are listening or any of us here, we don't want to be a bad business. And we'll put that in air quotes. So this week, we've invited a panel of experts to explore how to prepare and navigate these challenging times in the economy. So let's welcome our guests this week and let's do a quick flash round of introductions. Danielle, why don't you go first? Hello, hello, hello. I am Dr. Danielle Jervie-Harmon, the CEO of Incredible One Enterprises. We transform six-figure service-based entrepreneurs into CEOs who make, move, and leave millions. I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much. We're excited to have you. And Jackson, you're up. G'day, I am Jackson Milan. I'm also known as The Wealth Mentor, and we help six and seven figure CEOs maximize their profits and systematically turn that profit into personal wealth, particularly in challenging times like this. So I'm excited to share some value today. Awesome. Nikki, why don't you go next? All right. Hi, everybody. I'm Nikki Roush. My company is Sales Maven. Entrepreneurs and business owners hire me to learn how to sell so that they are able to amplify their income and make a bigger impact in the world. Awesome. Guys, it's so fabulous to have you here. Let's dive into the topic. Now, when I started my first business, and Jackson, you're probably too young to even remember this, and and this was in Australia, we were in the grips of the recession that we had to have. I just had bought our second house. We decided to open a business. A lot of people thought we were crazy, but it was actually a blessing in disguise. I did it without any strategy, I'm going to say. It was a complete accident, but it was a blessing in disguise for us because we built everything super lean, everything was measured. It meant that we didn't have the resources to pull in, so we had to be super smart about everything that we did. And what this meant that when we came out the other side and when things were going well, things grew really, really quickly for us. So. I want to, I've sort of pre-framed that. What I'd love to know, and Danielle, I'd love you to go first. Do you think recession can be good for a business? I think a recession is absolutely good. Like I always say recession where, like 
I mean, I think that there is a recession that happens, but I'm not positive that it happens to service-based entrepreneurs who solve a real problem because my money, my money has never stopped flowing it through the pandemic and you know and I've, i guess i've seen a couple of different downturns and i've not experienced a loss or a stop because i solve a real problem i think that a lot of businesses are going to be required to become innovative and to really clarify their positioning in the marketplace if they want to remain relevant and remain an obvious and only choice then there are going to be some things that they specifically need to do but I, I look at the statistics and it's been a while since I looked at them, but I know that there was this study that was done at Harvard University years back that basically said during an economic downturn or a recession, finger in the air quotes, there are six types of businesses that thrive. Amongst those businesses that thrive or the work that all of us do, personal and professional development thrives in a recession because people are trying to find themselves, right? or they're trying to figure out how to solve a problem to better position themselves because of the things that are going on. Alcohol goes up. I mean, I don't think that really affects any of us. Cosmetics, things that make you feel good, spa industries, those types of businesses go up during this time. And so I don't think that for those listeners that are out there, if you are in a service-based business, you solve a problem through offering a service to your clientele, I don't think you have anything to worry about as we go into this recession. Mm, so well said. Love it. Jackson, I'd love your take on this. Do Can recessions be good for a business? I believe so. I started my career as a financial advisor in the peak of the global financial crisis. And I saw really two types of people. I saw people who used a recession as an excuse or a way to validate their failures and shortcomings. And I saw those who used a recession as an opportunity to be able to springboard themselves through to their next stage of wealth and growth. And I very early on adopted the belief that a recession and this high inflation and these environments that we're in where the stakes are raised is a universal tax for those who fail to act accordingly. And for those who rest on their laurels and believe what they've always done is always going to work, it is going to be a factor that decimates them and actually leaves them in tatters, potentially causes their business to fail. But for those who are shrewd, who keep their eye across the horizon, who recognize their failures and their faults and adapt accordingly, they're going to be able to supercharge their trajectory in pursuit of financial freedom. And we're capitalizing on this opportunity and conditioning our clients to, to respond positively and be excited because there are more millionaires made in times of recession uh, than there are at any other time in history. So we're looking forward to it. Mm. Melanie, I think you and I covered that on an episode just recently. There is more millionaires and billionaires created in economic downturns than at any other time. So I really love that you mentioned that, Jackson. Nikki, I would love your take on this. Do you think that recessions can be good for a business? I think they can absolutely be good for a business. And I would, I agree wholeheartedly with what the other two have already spoken about. I think the other thing to really think about is it's a good time to pay really close attention to what is the biggest challenges for your clients right now, because those are opportunities for you to capitalize on. So if you're listening to what your clients are saying and what are the struggles that they're having, that gives you an opportunity. And also I think with a recession is learning to be nimble. You know, I think Jackson said, you know, if you always do what you've always done, that's not going to work in this type of environment that we're in. So you've got to, you have to be willing to be flexible. I've said this uh, probably a thousand times. 
my favorite quote is blessed are the flexible for they shall not be bent out of shape. This is a great time to be flexible and be paying attention. What do your clients need? What are they struggling with? And how can you provide that with what your current offering is and or what do you need to tweak or adjust to make it fit what they need right now? Oh my gosh. Love this so much. Me too. <laughs> well, value bombs being dropped left, right, and center. Yeah, we probably should have warned our listeners today to grab a pen and paper because there's going to be some insights that you're going to want to capture. So now is a great time to do it if you haven't already. You know, as I was listening in, people kind of share a little bit of their origin stories. It made me remember, like, I started my business in 2000. I gave notice five days before 9-11 happened, which we all know really created a very turbulent market. And and I made it through 2009 when the financial crisis made things very rocky for my business, at least, because I was unprepared. <laughs> and so as we're going into this third one, I definitely had some skills and some knowledge and some growth that I think helped me navigate this differently. And you know, a very, very simple thing that I do that helps me feel more nimble, more adaptable, as we've been talking about, is building a reserve. Like this is something, I mean, not even just for turbulent times I do this, but this is something that I do all the time. But when it, things get turbulent, it makes me feel a little more at ease that I can write out whatever unpredictable situations might emerge is definitely having a reserve account that I build all throughout the year, always feeding through every sale, every transaction, a portion of that's going into my financial reserves. And I find what it does is it just makes me feel more confident no matter what. So I can't wait to hear what everyone else is going to share on their, their tip to succeed no matter what's happening in our economy and recession proofing or just being prepared for economic challenges. How about we start with Nikki? We'll go in reverse this time. Well, one of the things I would say, again, you know, I come from a very sales mindset because that's what I do. I coach around sales. The thing that I find is really important right now is creating your downsell offer because you will have clients that are going to approach you and say like, oh my gosh, I'm freaking out. There's a recession. So I'm cutting all expenses. And that I think is a common and unfortunate response. I think it's an unfortunate response really, but yet it is going to happen. And you are going to be approached by your clients that maybe have been long-term clients that are ready to just like, oh my gosh, I'm freaking out. So we're cutting all expenses. And I think that's a prime opportunity for you to have a downsell offer, something that keeps them going with you through this. So if they need to cut some expenses, how can you still have something available for them to continue to work with you ongoing? Because then when things get better, they're going to naturally ramp back up with you. They're not going to just go out, ended their relationship with you. Now they think, well, things have changed. Things are going better. We need this again in our business or in our lives, whatever it is. So now I'm going to go find somebody new to do it with. You want to keep them in your like kind of in your bucket, in your basket, or however you want to say this. So having a downsell offer, I think is really crucial. And this doesn't mean that you need to advertise it to the world. Doesn't mean you need to create a sales page around it. It just means that when your clients are having that conversation with you, that you have an opportunity for them to step down from where they currently are. That isn't just an all or nothing. 
Mm, such a great tip, Nikki. Thanks for sharing that one. And I'm glad you brought up the cost constriction. And one of the best pieces of advice I was ever given about how to rise above everyone else and how to stay plugged in to opportunity when everyone else is kind of freaking out is to not cut costs, mm-hmm. to really be the person who continues to invest in visibility, invest in growth is one of the ways to stay relevant. And so with that, I want to pass the, the microphone to Darnielle because I know this is a big part of what you teach. So Darnielle, what is your tip about making sure you succeed despite what's happening around us in the economy? Yeah. Okay. So first I just have to say, Nikki, I was like, oh my gosh, that's so good. Why, why, why did I make that my tip? That was so good. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Good stuff. So for me, I think very practically, right? I think whenever we have an opportunity to present who we are to the world, if we make sure, and I kind of alluded to it in my first response, if we make sure that we are solving a problem, a problem that our clients cannot solve on their own, a problem that they've tried to solve. They've tried to cut corners. They've tried to figure out how to do it, but they're just at the point where it needs to be resolved and they need some support to do it. Then that's going to create an environment for us to always show up and to be that obvious solution, right? I like to tell my clients when we think about messaging, and, and many of you talked about the amplification of your voice in the marketplace and how you position yourself so that They only think about you so that you are top of mind. And when they think about whatever that problem is, you're the one that they think about. And the way that we do that is through making sure and we evaluate it on a quarterly basis with our clients that they're solving what I like to call a spice problem, a problem that is specific and substantive. So it's not surface level. It really goes deep. It's a problem that creates a pain point that causes a possible reaction that if adjusted accordingly, will send them into the land of what they've always dreamed is possible for them. And so it's, it's, it's very deep, right? It's pervasive and persistent. It's like a rash, like no matter how they turn, no matter what they attempt to do, it doesn't go away. It's immediate and insurmountable without the help of someone other than themselves, because Lord knows they've tried, they're not going to solve the problem. It's a problem that they are both clear and conscious that they have, and it's also brought to them emotionally through a contrarian viewpoint. Whenever we zig, when everyone else is zagging, we become the only and obvious choice. And this problem is also a problem that is both expensive and expansive. The longer it goes unsolved, the more it costs them and the bigger it gets. And so by honing in on how to describe that problem, thinking about the six different areas of any person's life, what's going to be impacted and how their problem hits everything. So for instance, if I were to say, you know, we serve entrepreneurs who want to be at seven figures. Well, if you're not making the money, you know, you should be making, you probably have an identity crisis. It's probably impacting your relationships, right? You're probably questioning whether or not you should continue to be in business. You're probably finding yourself working harder and and hoping that by working harder, you'll actually resolve the problem and make more money, even though we know that that's not really the case, right? You're probably also not fulfilled, which means that your happiness quotient is weighed down. When we make sure that we're able to drill down on that problem and we can touch all of these areas, we can present a package that will be invested in at a level that sometimes even blows our minds just because it has been packaged and positioned well. I believe that people will pay you more than you think when they know that this problem is finally going to be solved, especially after they've wasted time, money, and energy attempting to do it on their own. And so the biggest thing I can tell anyone 
is to make sure that as we go into this alleged recession, <laughs> that we actually evaluate the problems that we solve and we get crystal clear about how this problem is impacting many areas of our clients' lives. And we speak to that in our marketing message. Love that. Love that so much. There's so many things that you said there that we've touched on in different episodes of Next Level Influence. But the one, the, the piece that I feel like just was so powerful that you said was this idea of being relevant. And I think when things do, and let's just take recession out of the conversation. We, let's just take market changes, buying behavior changes, industry shifts, right? Like all of these things bring us back to always staying tuned into how are we being relevant? So well said, Darnell. Jackson, let's pass the microphone to you. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Yes. It's a hard act to follow here, but my belief is that the business world is run by marketers and financiers, okay? And we need both. We can't have one without the other. It could be fantastic at the numbers, but if you don't know how to market, you don't know how to sell, you don't know how to develop products, then you don't really have a business and vice versa. If we're too heavy on the marketing and we don't understand the numbers, then we can lead ourselves in a position where there's so many businesses that exist right now that we refer to as zombie businesses, They're just kicking along, they're running with the smell of an oil rag, and this recession is going to be the the final nail in the coffin for many businesses, unless they actually understand their numbers. And for most of us, we we don't see ourselves as finance people. We leave it to our accountant or our CFO or our bookkeeper. So I'm going to give you a group of tips because I feel this is something that so many businesses are not really tapping into, they're not leaning into. So the first one is that we need to understand the sensitivity of the seven levers and the impact that they can have on our profit and cash flow. There are basically seven ways that we can influence profit and cash flow in our business. There's volume, get more clients. This is the lever that every business owner is trying to pull frantically, but it's not the best lever. Second lever, price. What happens if we increase price and do we have a a proportionate drop-off in clients? And typically it's not the case. Most business owners are the biggest limiting factor when it comes to increasing their price. Then we've got direct costs. What are your costs of sale? What is the variable expense associated with you delivering on your product or service? And can we create efficiencies? Because I see so many businesses incurring this scale tax because they're growing exponentially. Their costs grow proportionately and sometimes above and beyond, and they end up with less profit with more stress. Then we've got operating expenses. When was the last time you audited all of these subscriptions and recurring payments that you've got in your business? Uh, These create these little cash flow bottlenecks that in isolation are quite small and almost invisible, but they add up and they tax you on average between three and $5,000 a month from businesses that we look at. Then we've got our accounts receivable. How long does it take you to get paid? And is there money sitting there that's uncollected? Then we've got your work in progress. How long does it take you to get a lead to being able to even send them an invoice? And lastly, accounts payable. How long does it take you to pay your suppliers? So if we can understand these seven levers, then we can influence profit and cash flow. The next part is understanding your balance sheet and your liquidity. So Melanie, you mentioned about building up that that kind of that emergency buffer. We call it a war chest. A simple measure of your liquidity is what's called a current ratio. So if you go to your balance sheet, which most business owners don't look at, by the way, and you look at your current assets as a proportion to your current liabilities, it should be two to one. So you should have two times cash and accounts receivable to one times your current liabilities being your tax and installments or your accrued liabilities and your accounts payable. 
we see businesses at sometimes less than one times, which is crazy. And the last tip I'm going to give you guys is have operating rules. In our business, we have three. We want to make sure that we've got our recurring revenue to expenses at 100% or above. We want to make sure that our cash on hand is three to six times operating expenses. And our third one that we look at is we want to make sure that our profitability is at 30% or above. If you can have those three things or the equivalent for your business, then you can navigate any economic time with ease, but also put yourself in a position where you can actually eat up and acquire your competition as they start to fall like flies around you. This is the power of being a financier in this kind of marketplace. Hmm. Love it. I'm going to put my financier hat on. (laughs) (laughs) That makes me feel so empowered. Thank you, Jackson. This is very invaluable. Sam, I want to check in with you. Like, Is there something that we haven't covered yet that you know we need to add to the list here of kind of being recession-proofed? I think that taking what every single person said, Jackson and Danielle and Nikki, the piece from the marketing side, and Nikki and Danielle, you both alluded to it, is now is not the time to put your head in the sand. And that's what most people do in a recession. They retreat, they withdraw, they pull back finances, they pull back their visibility, they pull back their marketing. This is the time to do the absolute opposite. As Danielle said, we've got a zig while everyone else is zagging. This is the time to lean into it. This is the time to really pay attention to your numbers, but this is the time to be more visible. So I would say now, and everyone, I know everyone here and people in our world all understand the importance of a personal brand. So we don't need to talk about why that's important, but now is the time to amp it up. Really position yourself you know, in the marketplace, in a place that when people have this problem, that they absolutely know that you're there because you're always showing up. What about you, Melanie? Because I know you've got some great tips as well. Oh, I don't know if I can add anything else to the conversation, but the one thing that is just hitting me strongly is lean in to your, your authority, your, your relevance, your, the problem you solve, everything that's been said. And I want to just transition to mindset and I'll, I'll have you, you know, key us off here in a minute, Sam, but I just know that, and Nikki, you alluded to this, the way we use our mind to be adaptable, to be flexible, to look for the problem that's being presented and how we might uniquely solve that problem, even if it's a bit of a pivot. To me, that's a level of resourcefulness that most of us duck away from, but now we need to lean into it. Mm. So Sam, I'm going to pass the microphone to you to lead us into the next question. Yeah. So talking about mindset, it's just really interesting because I had guests staying with me on the weekend. I do not watch any mainstream media, no news, no current affairs, nothing like that. And the people that were staying with us had it on. And I couldn't believe in a 30 minutes of listening to this, I'm going to call it rubbish in the background. I couldn't believe the thoughts that were starting to go through my head. It happened so quickly. So what I would love to know is from all of you, how important do you think your mindset and belief structures are in being recession proof? And Jackson, let's start with you. Yeah, I've spent a lot of time researching behavioral finance because this is really what comes down to these these recessions. There is the facts, there's the objective things that are happening, and then there is our emotional human response to these things that are happening. And largely, as business owners, let's not beat around the bush here, we're here to make money. And there is a behavioral principle known as loss aversion theory. 
And what it dictates is that as human beings, we feel lost twice as significantly as a financial gain. Now, what this means is in the context of a recession is that if we will do pretty crazy things to try and minimize the loss and hemorrhage the bleeding. So we're talking about zigging while everyone else is zagging, which is great to talk about in theory, but in practice, most people lack what I call the money muscle memory to be able to jump to attention, jump into action and respond as they originally would have intended because they haven't actually done the reps with the bar. It's like going to the gym when you've never lifted weights before and putting 300 kilos of weights onto the squat rack and trying to lift it. Like you got to hurt yourself, right? So we actually need to get these reps in. We need to start building up this, this money muscle memory. And the best way to do it in this environment is we need to put twice as much energy into the potential gain that we're chasing. Like what does financial freedom really mean? Over the course of the next two to three years, what is non-negotiable that I want to achieve for myself and my family? How can I quantify that result and connect the outcomes that I want to the actions that I need to take in my business and start getting into the motions of that now? Because when the market falls and when shit hits the fan, to put it bluntly, then we're going to have some level of that muscle memory that we can amplify and maintain those behaviors as opposed to just assuming we're going to dive right in and take the right action and the right decisions when things are pretty hairy out there. So that would be my advice. Love it. Amplify the, the good muscle memory. <laughs> Danielle, I'd love your take on this question. Yeah, so I believe that holds us back are the stories that we tell ourselves. And so, yeah, mindset is everything. I think 95% of success is mindset. 5% is skill. You can be taught anything you need to know, but you got to first have the right mindset around it. Most of us grew up in financially illiterate homes. Hmm. Most of us struggle with money is what it means, how to make more of it, how to keep it, all of that. And so when the media is constantly dodging us with these messages to impact our confidence, whatever amount we might have mustered to keep, despite all of the voices and all of the things we've been through, it's enough to drive you crazy unless you realize that you can begin to tell yourself a different story. Like I think about my own personal story. My father, I remember growing up and hearing him say at least three times a week, you got to work hard for money at least three times a week. And I thought I had to work hard for money until I realized that financial success isn't about hard work. It's about alignment of thought. And so when I decided to spend more time working on my mindset and seeing those things that are not as though they were and really creating for myself what I wanted my life experience and reality to be, that's what I actually began to walk into. And so my biggest advice from a mindset perspective for everyone who's out there who's buying into the recession and I want you to notice that I did specifically say buying into it because I think some of us, I've personally chosen, I don't participate in recessions. No recessions come across my door, my business or my clients. None of that happens because that's the decision that I've made. But for those of us who struggle with that, you have a very distinct opportunity to tell yourself, tell your mind what you want it to believe. Our subconscious mind, which is what we were born with, takes everything we present to it as if it's the truth. Now, most of what has become conscious for us are things that we learn between birth and the age of seven that we continue to replay 
in our mind's eye on a regular basis. And whatever we think about is what we're going to bring about. So if I keep telling myself I have to work hard for money or money is not available to me or money is not for me, then money will not be available to me. Money will not be for me. But if I decide that money is available whenever I want it and because I have this distinct skill to solve a problem, I can create it whenever I want. Like I tell my clients, you have a printing press out back. There should never be a time in your life where you ever say you can't afford it. Now you might choose not to afford it, but you can always afford it because you solve a problem and those entrepreneurs who solve a problem do so for profit, which means that there's always a transference. There's always money transacting. And so it's about deciding that no matter what's going on around you, you're going to put your blinders on and you're going to focus on what you know. And what you know is how to solve that distinct problem for the clients that you have been called to serve. And that is how you're going to spend your time and your energy. I say you got to wash your mind just like you wash your behind. And I hope everybody washes their behind every day. So that means we need to do mindset work every single day. Love that so much. Love that. Nikki, I'd love your take on this subject. Well, I will say again, the previous two, you guys just knocked it out of the park with what you said. And Dr. Darnell, yes, amen. I love all the everything you said. Now I'm going to maybe tweak kind of my answer just a little bit. I agree. Mindset is so, so crucial. And I think especially Again, coming from a sales perspective, you have to protect your mindset because getting a bunch of no's and having a bunch of tire kickers show up in your business and want to talk to you and pick your brain and all of this stuff starts to feed this internal critic that we all have that starts to tell you, people can't afford me, people won't pay my prices, blah, blah, blah. You have to be really, really protective. You need to set some pretty strong boundaries. And here's what I would say, one that most people don't agree. This is my zig where other people zag. We'll see if you guys agree. But I am adamant that you should be putting pricing on your website because I do not want you getting on a phone call with somebody or getting on a Zoom call or having a prospective meeting with a client where when you say the price, they clutch their pearls and act like, what? That's how much you charge? Because that gets into your mind. That makes you start to think, oh, people can't afford me. People think my pricing is too high. Put your pricing on your website so those tire kickers, they don't even call you. They don't even want to get on calls with you because they already know they would never pay for your services. You do not want to talk to people who would never pay for your services. So really be protective. That also can translate into where are you spending your time? Who are you networking with? You know, stop going to these free events because free events attract people who are just there to like hawk their goods and they're not willing to pony up any money to be put in the room with the right people. So making sure that if you're out there networking, that you're attending events where people pay to go there and be in that room because they're there to talk to serious people, serious business owners, you're a serious business owner, you got to invest in yourself. So protect your mindset. Don't put yourself in a room or put yourself on calls with people that are just looking for the for the free stuff. There's plenty of ways for people to get free stuff from you, right? Like I have a podcast. You want to listen to the podcast? You can listen all day long and I'll never charge you for it. But do not get on a call with me and be shocked at what I charge because my pricing, it's listed on my website. You'll know. Mm. Oh my goodness, guys. The three amazing takes there. 
And I think that what the overarching message was right now, we have to be so, so considered around the message that we surround ourselves with and the people that we surround ourselves with. It's so important. And I think that just hanging out so far for the last 30 minutes with this amazing panel is worth millions if you actually put into practice what you've just heard shared by this amazing people because it is about who you surround yourself with. Melanie, I'd love you to share your final thoughts. I'm really moved. I'm so glad we did this because I actually have learned some new things from our friends here today. Mm. So uh, massively grateful. And one of the things that I heard some advice a few years back about recessions and economically challenging times about people tend to buy small ticket things and really big ticket things. And that's that the market kind of divides. And a common problem I saw people doing was diving into the small ticket and abandoning the other end of the spectrum. (laughs) And I just, what I think was presented here today is such a great reminder that there is always money available when we know how to showcase the problem we solve and we're massively relevant. And I just want to keep reinforcing, it's okay to have premium rates. Nikki, as Nikki was saying, get them, get people clear what you charge and don't put yourself around other people that are shrinking to make it through. Get around people who are thriving and expanding as they intentionally move through no matter what's happening around them. And they are creating their own economy. And thank you for that reminder, Danielle, that we don't have to buy into this recession. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I would love it if we could just do a quick wrap up and have each of you share a place where our listeners can go and connect with you beyond today. Of course, we will link up all of your social and your a resource or the best way to connect with you in the show notes, but let's, let's hit the highlight here. How about you, Nikki? What's the best way to connect with you beyond today? The best way I'm going to wrap it around a gift which is an ebook called Closing the Sale. So it will walk you through those language, how to make it super simple for you to close that sale with some language suggestions and building your confidence. So you can get that by going to yoursalesmaven.com forward slash amplify. Nice. Thank you. Jackson, how about you? Yes. So I'm on Facebook all of the time. I post a lot of content. It's a mixture of finance stuff and also our animal sanctuary. We've got over a hundred animals. That's me chasing them around, uh, pretending like I know what I'm doing there. But uh, guys, I think it's what's really important is you add the right financial tools to your kit bag so you can navigate this time and become a better financier. So we've developed a 40-point financial performance scorecard. It's the top 40 things that get in the way of you and financial freedom as a business owner. Uh, scary thing is the average score is 18 out of 40, which means most business owners are below average financially. So if you go to wealthhealthcheck.com.au, that's wealthhealthcheck.com.au, you'll get the 40-point performance scorecard, all of my best-selling books, uh, some calculators and other goodies uh, that'll really help you uh, get back into your financial driver's seat and uh, make sure that you can make the most of the opportunities that are going to come up over the next two to three years. Thank you. And we will make sure to link that up in the show notes as well. Darnielle, what about you? Absolutely. So I'm Darnielle Jervy Harmon everywhere, but you probably can't spell that. So let me give you a gift. <laughs> I have the Move to Millions Method. It's our proven framework that if you have millions on your mind, We'll show you how you could do it in 12 months or less. And you can go to move to millionsmethod.com. Nice. All right, Sam, why don't you wrap us up? 
Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning into today's episode. Like I said, this episode, if you go back and take notes, will and can make you millions. Thank you so much, Nikki Rausch, Danielle Jervie Harmon, and Jackson Milan for joining Melanie and myself in today's episode. We'd love to hear how you will recession-proof your business. Don't let the conversation finish here. Let us know how are you going to recession-proof your business. And, of course, reach out with any questions. We'd be more than happy to continue this conversation. So, Melanie, thanks for joining me today with all of our lovely guests. And we will see you on the next episode of Next Level Influence. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Next Level Influence. Before you go, would you subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player? We'd love to know what your greatest takeaway was from today's episode. Take a screenshot of the show and share with us on social. And be sure to tag us too so we can connect. Tune in next week for another Next Level Influence episode. Yeah.